from the Tulsa world. This is the OSU Sports Extra Podcast, sponsored by Albert G's Barbecue. Here are your hosts, Dean Rule and Jawan Lee. Season 3, episode 38 of the OSU Sports Extra Podcast. Jawan Lee joined by my co-host, Dean Rule. And feels like it's been a little while since we've been on here because it I guess it has. I mean, it has, yeah. It's been about it's been about nine days, nine to ten days since the last time you guys heard our voice, and yeah, it's just been a little while. But man, we're we've been pretty busy. How have you been, Dean? I've been good, Juan. Uh, you know, it's that weird point in the year where football's kind of starting to wrap up, but uh, you know, there's still news going on, and uh, you know, basketballs are kind of cleaning up the end of the non-conference. So it's 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 always that kind of odd part of the year. Right, right. So with that, it's a couple things we'll we'll catch you guys up on. First, um, I guess since the last time we talked, uh, after that, Ollie Gordon became the first Oklahoma State running back to win the Doak Walker Award. Um, if you can just expound on that a little bit for us, Dean. Yeah, so I mean, I would have assumed had this award, this award got started in 1990, Juwan. So two <laughs> years before was the Barry Sanders, uh, you know, historic uh, performance so he probably would have won it had it existed uh two years earlier but uh Ollie Gordon becomes the first in program history and there's still some some impressive names that never did win this with OSU and that's you know Chuba Hubbard and Kendall Hunter and uh you know he, he, there's some backs that have had good years uh that could have won this you know uh, but but Ollie Gordon's the first one to do that and uh, probably rightfully so when you look at the numbers and, and what he accomplished. And uh, today he became, well, what's today, Thursday, he became the first unanimous All-American um, mm. since Cuba Hubbard in 2019. So it's been a busy postseason for Ollie Gordon just in, in the awards he's racking up. And, uh, you know, the Doak Walker is, is, you know, I guess you could say it's the running backs version of a Heisman. The running back, a running back can still win the Heisman, but uh, <laughs> that doesn't seem to happen anymore. So, yeah, uh, for sure, a huge accomplishment for for what Ali Gorn achieved, and um, you know, rightfully so, Juan. I mean, we talked about him week in and week out on this podcast, and uh, you know, who knows what these numbers look like if he is the starter in in week one. Got you, got you. So yeah, as Dean said, Ollie, really big accomplishment for Ollie Gordon. Sixteen over sixteen hundred yards, twenty touchdowns. Phenomenal season for him. Um, some other updates, some transfer portal ads for OSU. Dean, just give us a little rundown on what's been going on on that end. Yeah, you know, I think OSU fans should uh, be able to breathe easy at this point in the year, and that's something they were not able to do a year ago, right? Because if you look at the the losses in the portal, um, I wouldn't say anything substantial has happened. You know, maybe somebody can make an argument for one of these guys, but I, I'd say the two, the most surprising loss, Juwan, is probably Gunnar Gundy, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. It, it makes sense because he's probably was never going to really be a starter. He's probably just going somewhere he can go start, um, you know, and that's probably what Mike Gundy told him. Um, but but it is kind of it catches your eye a little bit, you know. The coach's son leaves the coach's own program, like that's kind of a, a funny little thing. Um, but you know, and, and we got to think back to one. We got to think back a couple months ago. We were having the discussion of well, maybe Gunnar Gundy should start over Alan Bowman, um, right? 
So I'd say that's probably the most surprising. Uh, Jaden Nixon went in. He he was the the Ali Gordon backup. So that leaves the running back group a little thin going into the bowl game. But you know, what even are bowl games anymore? They're just kind of exhibition games at this point. If you're not in the playoff, um, so I'd say those are kind of the two bigger losses. I think something huge is that they've been able to keep all of their offensive line. You know, most of those guys have said they're coming back already. Uh, so that's huge for, you know, Ollie Gordon and, and that running back group. Um, so it's been just night and day when you compare this to last year and, and what OSU has been able to do. Um, and so I think, uh, you know, you know, quiet portal season is the best portal season. Uh, if, if you're a fan at this point, you're not going to you're always going to have guys going to the portal. Like that's just the way college athletics runs now. Um but OSU's been able to get through it pretty unscathed. They haven't brought anybody in yet, Juwan. And I was I was thinking about this yesterday, and, and I'll write this this week, um, because there hasn't been any commitments yet for, for incoming transfers. So I looked back last year when they really started to bring guys in, and it was about four to five days after, or f- four to five days before um, the bowl game. So I, I, I would assume there might be another week of it's just kind of quiet. Uh, they're not really signing guys. And I think once they get through early National Signing Day, and that's when I think you're really going to start to see the the uh, on-pour of guys committing, portal players committing to come play at OSU next year. So, Dane, a few weeks ago, really at the height of the Ollie Gordon mania, when he was in the midst of what people – redeeming as I you know putting his name in the Heisman conversation and stuff. There was a very small tidbit, very small. I don't know if it gained a lot of traction, but I would like to hear your perspective over it was if OSU was going to be able to retain Ollie Gordon, was there ever any real motion behind Ollie Gordon not being here next year? I mean, there, I think there's always motion, right? Um, when you've got somebody like Ollie Gordon who – becomes a, a national star and, and people across the country know who he is. There's always going to be portal interest and people are going to try to pry, pry him away. And, uh, you know, crazier things have happened. He can still technically go into the transfer portal. I think it's a, a good sign that, um, you know, if you're an OSU fan, it's a good sign that that's not happened yet. Right. Um, and, and, you know, I think it's another thing you got to get through the bowl game. There's always another kind of wave of guys that enter the transfer portal after the bowl game. Um, but you know the window closes. I think January second. So there's going to be a, that. That's going to end up being a quick turnaround for them. Um, but but the fact that he's not in there yet, I, I think that's a super positive sign. And obviously he's uh, not said one way or the other what he's planning on doing. But it's always a fair thing to ask when you've got somebody who's really starting to kind of become. Uh, 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 asset in college football, there's always going to be the possibility of somebody's, you know, what at some point, Juwan, the there's going to be so much money thrown at somebody that you'd say, you're stupid not to take it. And now, you know, I don't know the details of who's reached out to Holly Gordon or what, like, this is just pure speculation on my part. But I think everybody who follows college football knows like that's happening. Like people are just throwing money at players and, and it's, that's why you're seeing a lot of transfers, right? And and so, you know, OSU is probably going to struggle to keep up with somebody like an Alabama, right? In terms of how much money you can put towards something. Um, but you know, Ali Gordon's always been pretty 
throw OSU. You know, I think he's always kind of been a, a big proponent of the school and the program. And so it wouldn't surprise me if he stayed. I, I'd say if you, like, if you made me bet on it right now, Juwan, I would say he's going to stay. Um, mm-hmm. But until he says that, you know, you never know how these things can really develop because uh, the portal moves so fast and things change so quick. How much of a workload are we kind of expecting to see of him in the bowl game? You know, the the way that the, that bowl games have kind of become, Juwan, I think it's a bigger deal for um, the younger guys, right? You, you know, like I think about Ollie Gordon last year. He got the start in the last game of the regular season. He played against West Virginia, looked really good. And then Dominic Richardson entered, entered the transfer portal. He was the starter. And then Ollie Gordon started the bowl game, and he played fairly well. Um, you know, that, that wasn't a great offensive performance from them in, in the guaranteed rate bowl. Uh, so once again, I think I think this is more just about – I hate to use the word because it just diminishes bowl games, Juan, but it just I think these are just kind of exhibition games at this point. Like, <laughs> these are just kind of uh, – there's a bit more – they're just spring games that have a little bit more pageantry behind them. Um, and I think, you know, especially against like Texas A&M, who's going through a coaching change and they've got all kinds of guys leaving in the portal. I think this is just figuring out what you've got moving into next year, moving into spring. Uh, you know where guys are at. And, and I think that's why I wouldn't, you know, I'm, if Ollie Gordon has like. Like if I were to try to create a over under line for carries he'd have in a game in the bowl game. I'd say like nine and a half to one. That's why I'd probably put it at, you know, and, and Jaden Nixon's out, you know, he's transferring out. We'll see if he plays, if he's in the bowl game, I would doubt it. Um, so that probably leaves somebody like Ceci Villahi, uh, who's the true freshman who there were probably some people who watched the commerce championship game and said, you know, who the hell is that? Uh, that's, the, <laughs> that's the true freshman. Um, you know, I, I like, I feel like he, if you're going to say who's getting more touches, I'd probably say it's him. Like there's going to want to see, there's no, there's nothing on the line here. Um, for this program, there's no reason to to continue to just kind of, you know, burn the tread off Ollie Gordon. He, like he he put together a spectacular season. If he rushes for two yards or two hundred yards in the bowl game, it's not going to change how this season's viewed on him. And so that's why I think not just at running back, but just across the board, I think you're going to see a lot of younger guys eat up a lot of those those uh, snaps in, in the bowl game. You wrote something earlier in the in the week about Brian Nardo and what the key for his defense would be this offseason. If you could just touch on what you wrote exactly and just that, you know, that important key of what he needs to do heading into next season. Yes, yeah, so, I mean the biggest thing when he got so he got hired back in late January, um, which left seven months between his hire and their first game. And then they wanted to, you know, completely reinvent the defense. So that's a huge undertaking in seven months. Um, so, so the key was just installing it in in seven months and getting it to a point where it worked. And, you know, Juwan, it's such a um, – I, I went back and forth. I struggled to try to figure out how exactly I wanted to call this defensive season. Um, and I could never quite figure out the right word to use with it. But – there were definitely just some ups and downs to to the defense this year, right? And and I think most reasonable people would have expected that when you bring in a guy from 
Division two. You're bringing in a new scheme. He's got to figure out how to, you know, move people around, put them where they're supposed to be, make sure people understand it. Like this was always going to be a work in progress. And we've talked about this a couple of times on the podcast throughout the year. Um, I, I think the key with him now is just they want to refine what they're doing. Like they, mm-hmm. they've got it to a point where they, they want it to be at. They want to now refine it, make everybody more comfortable in it, make sure everybody understands it more, make sure – uh, Brian Nardo understands what teams are doing against him. All the, all that thing. Like the, the, this is now the second off season in a work in progress. In what I still feel is a very long term solution. Like Brian Nardo is not going to be a guy who, um, you know, it's not like Derek Mason who came in. He was established. He just spent a year at OSU and uh, he just got hired, Juan. And now I'm blanking on where he got hired. And I thought it was super interesting. And now I can't remember it. <laughs> um, what you've got here is, is is just another work in progress. The next kind of step toward um, uh, this defense kind of getting going. And, and and so the other thing is like, do you recruit differently? And that's kind of what I touched on in the story a little bit is, you know, when you're running a three, three, five, do you have to recruit differently? Are you, are there certain things you're looking for from guys um, but he said, you know, you just go find football players. That's all it is. And so that's why I say, Juwan, it's just kind of a, a, this is just the next kind of building block in what they're trying to do on the defensive side this off season. New defensive coordinator. Well, before this, this season, young secondary, what type of leap would you realistically expect this defense to make next year? You know, I don't like, I think the defense could become uh, – he could have – I think Brian Nardo could have a very Jim Knowles-esque kind of performance. And Jim Knowles' first year at OSU as defensive coordinator was was terrible. And people were really uh, upset with, with how that side of the ball looked his first year. But just each year just got a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. And then he ended up with one of the best defenses in the nation um, – and so I think it, it's it's very similar. And I think if you look at the numbers from Brian Nardo's first year versus Jim Knowles' first year, they're pretty comparable. I'd give Brian Nardo the edge um, when you look at those two numbers. But overall, I think w- what it really is going to be is just continuing to, to to build off what you do. You're going to have to make adjustments. You know, like they, they did a lot of a lot of four down on on the defensive line. It, they, they did that more than I expected them to do. Like they'd been open about from the beginning that it wasn't going to be a true three down lineman. They were going to bring people in and, and change some stuff up from time to time. But I think they really kind of uh, banked on that a little more than, than I expected this year. And, and maybe that's something for the future. Maybe that's the way this trends. Maybe they do really do a lot more four down than three down. Um, so yeah, I, I think realistically for next year, there's improvement but once again, I think this is something that's just going to take years, Juan, and that's why I think they went out and made this hire because Brian Nardo, I don't think, is a guy who two years from now is going to just dip out and, and go somewhere else. I think this is a multi-year thing that will eventually get to where they want to be, and, and I think that they do have the tools to get back to being one of the nation's best defenses. It's just going to take a lot of time. 
You know, that's a, that's a great point. That's actually something that you continued to hit on throughout the season was that look at the long-term pictures of things. Don't exactly judge it by a week-to-week basis. But in saying that, if this is going to be a multi-year a multi-year process, do you look back at this season, do you feel satisfied with where Brian Nardo is right now and what this defense was able to do in his first year? Yeah, I, I would be, um, you know, the big plays, I think, were the biggest problem, right? And, and that never got cleaned up. Um, but it got improved upon, but they never went away, right? And and I understand, like, good offenses are always going to be able to hit big plays. Like, that is just part of it. Um, so I don't think that, so that area never went away. But on, on the flip side, Juan, I think – if you're an OSU fan, I think you just need to kind of trust the process on this one. I, I would be content with where the defense was at this year if it meant there's going to be improvement next year and it, and it looks better. It looks more polished, um, which was always going to be a hard thing to do in seven months anyway. Uh, so now you've got another offseason. You're going to start recruiting for your needs. And even though he says, you know, you just look for football players, there are probably attributes that – fit what they do a little better than than some other schemes that, that they're going to be interested in. So um, overall, yeah, I, I think you can probably chalk it up as a success. Like, I guess let's give it a letter grade, Juwan. Like, I'd give it like a B minus, right? For just Brian Nardo's first year, I'd say B minus. Um, they made some big time plays. They, they, they showed to kind of continually improving it over the year. Uh, but the big plays really hurt them. So I'm, I'd say like a B minus is what I'd grade that as. You know, final thing on OSU football before we move on to a little bit of basketball. And it was just something that I kind of casually went through. Um, and it was about Alan Bowman possibly returning for a seventh season. Do you have any news on that and what that could possibly hold for him? Yeah, so, so pretty much um, – you know, welcome to college football in 2023. <laughs> you know, Alan Bowman could technically be a, a seventh-year senior next year. Um, pretty much what it would stem from is in 2019 when he was at Texas Tech, he got hurt. The, the kind of presumptive thought is he could apply for a medical hardship waiver from the NCAA, which would give him another year of eligibility. Um he hasn't said if he's going to even try to do it. Uh, you know, OSU, I think they're, they're, the, those conversations are happening. But if, uh, as for which way it's leaning right now, uh, I, I think they're still in the deciding what's best phase. Um, but th- there is the possibility that, yes, that, that he could apply for this. It could be granted. And he technically could come back for a seventh year. If we're just playing into hypotheticals, because at the start of the year, we kind of looked at Alan Bowman as just a bridge player to somebody they could, you know, eventually build around next year. If he does return for a seventh season, is the job his to lose? I think for sure it's it's his. Yeah, yeah, I would say so, Juwan. It would be his job. Um, you know, the other thing is just how – you know, it, it's really going to come down to how OSU views that, um, views the quarterback room, right? Because you're going to have a redshirt freshman, a true freshman, 
and a redshirt sophomore. And then you'd have a seventh year senior. And so you've got a couple younger guys that you really like. And you've got an older guy who just strung together. I mean, they might win 10 games this year, Juwan. Like if, if they win the bowl game, that'll be their 10th win. And so do you tell the seventh year guy who just won 10 games, well, we got to go go with one of the younger guys. And then how do you tell the younger guys, hey, we're bringing the seventh year guy back. So you're going to have to sit another year. Um, right. Especially in like the portal era where any of these kids can say, oh, screw that. I'm not sitting another year. I'm getting out of here. Right. Um, you know, so that that that's the balancing act with it. Um, but if he does, you know, if he applies for it, he gets it and he wants to come back to OSU and OSU, you know, there's that's the other thing is, you know, if you apply for it and you get it, does OSU want you back? You know, right. <laughs> they say, well, hey, we got these three guys that, you know, like we're, we're planning on starting one of them next year. Um, you know, and so that's like the other thing is like the portal, you know, it just it makes everything so absurd. So that's kind of the there's so many hoops that like so many boom, boom, boom. OK, if this happens, do we do this? If that happens, do we do this. And you just kind of like work down this flow chart and there's all these different <laughs> outcomes you can get from it. Um, so it's really just going to come down to what does OSU want to do? And I don't know if they'll know what they want to do until that gets resolved, if that makes sense, you know? And so that's why I say, yeah, he's got the possibility. It could happen. I don't know if he wants to do it. I don't know if OSU wants him to do it. There's all kinds of things that play into it. It's, it's, it's almost not you playing a waiting game, but, but it's, it's hard to know what people truly want at this moment, you know? All right, moving into a little basketball. The last time we talked to you guys was December fifth. Um, since then, OSU men's basketball had a seventy to sixty eight loss against South Southern Illinois, and then a seventy two to fifty seven win against Tulsa. Um, just kind of give me a little updates around the program, Dean, and what's kind of the the atmosphere of what they got going on there. Yeah, Juwan, I think they're they're running out of a little bit of time here. And they're running out of, uh, I think the walls are closing in just a little bit with them already being at five losses for uh, a March Madness bid. Um, it's going to be an uphill climb. I'm not going to count them out just yet because I think, uh, you know, if you're OSU, you probably just need to grab a couple, what I would call just signature wins. You know, maybe that's, you know, if you can beat Kansas on the road or if you can beat Houston on the road. You know, if, I think if you get a couple of those, you've got a case for March Madness. Um, but you know, it's going to be an uphill battle for them and, you know, a, a positive note on it that they're getting Isaiah Miranda back who uh, came into the program, transferred into the program from NC state. He's a seven foot one guy. He played a little bit against Tulsa, uh, scored the first basket of his OSU career, but how they kind of bring him along over the last four non-conference games is going to be worth following uh, but but as conference plays kind of right there on the corner uh it, it's going to be interesting to see what this team can actually do any updates on the girl side of things yeah and so the women are, are trending in the right direction kind of doing what what was expected of them through non-conference play and they're, they're going to wrap up a home stand here uh, for going to utah to end non-conference play and then in a conference play. This is kind of that weird, like it's finals week uh, for, for OSU students. So I know they kind of like to take the, the foot off the gas in terms of how many games they're playing. And that's why you kind of see a, uh, 
you know, OSU men's played on Sunday this this past Sunday, and they'll play this Sunday. So that's why you're starting to see some of these gaps because yeah, finals week and Christmas break. So the, the non-conference schedule really slows down now. Um, but yeah, the, the women are doing what you'd expect them to do. Staley Hurd's really become uh, a, a freshman to watch. Uh, and and yeah, so I'd say they're, they're right where I think most would expect them to be at. All right. Any final things before we get out of here for the day, Dean? I don't think so, Juwan. I think we got it all. All right. Well, um, if you guys didn't know, we're at one game. We're at one pod a week. So next week we will possibly be having on some special guests down there with some guys who cover Texas A&M. So they'll be able to give us some little, little bit more of some insight with what you can expect from that Aggies team as OSU plays them in their bowl game. What day is that? Is that December 28th? 27th, Juwan. Today is a Thursday. I don't know why I thought today was Wednesday. I don't know why I thought today was Wednesday. Today is a Thursday. So they will play They will play December 27th, and before then we will get on the pod with a couple of those A&M guys so they can break down what all is going on over there. But, again, we appreciate you guys for, for rocking with us for another week. This has been the OSU Sports Extra Podcast. Don't forget to download our podcast. It's free wherever you may get it from, Spotify, Apple, Google. You guys know the deal. Like, share, comment. Um, let us know what you think about everything that's going on with OSU right now, and we'll see you guys next week.